the most life-changing thing that I've ever experienced was on June the 8th, 1981. That was a day that I trusted Jesus Christ to forgive my sins and give me everlasting life because he had died on the cross for my sins. That's the most life-changing thing that I have ever known. The second most life-changing thing that I've ever experienced didn't happen quite so suddenly. It happened a little more gradually. And that was when I fell in love with the words of God. Now, I'm going to say word of God. I'm going to say words of God. I'm going to say Bible. I'm talking all about the same thing. And that is God's words preserved for us in the Bible that you have right there. I was 14, 15, 16 years old. And I'd been raised in church my entire life, but I went from liking God's words to loving God's words. I went from tolerating God's word to literally craving God's word. I went from living with God's word to not being able to live without God's word. And since falling in love with God's word has changed my life in such a powerful, positive way, I want to try to persuade you to fall in love with God's word as well for your own benefit and for the glory of God. I've preached many messages on what God's Word will do for you. This one's a little different. This is a message on what falling in love with God's Word will do for you. Are you in love with God's Word? You don't have to answer that for me. You don't have to answer that for anybody else. So there's no sense in lying about it. There's no sense in putting on. You're either in love with God's Word or you're not. So answer it honestly. Are you in love with God's Word? Does the pursuit of God's truth captivate you? Does the understanding of God's character intrigue you? Does the knowledge of God's person thrill your soul? Do you hunger to discover the mysteries of eternity? Do you gladly devote your time to explore the mind and the heart of God? Do you incline your heart, as the Bible says, to the ways of God? Do you go along with God to receive his word into your heart as Moses did? Do you listen for the voice of God as Samuel did? Do you spend time in the quiet and meditate on God's words as David did? Do you put God's wisdom on the top of your wish list like Solomon did? Do you spend time in prayer and fasting just to understand the truths of God's word like Daniel did? Do you stay with Jesus after the crowds have left so you can understand more of God's truth like the disciples did? Do you ever kneel at Jesus' feet and just quietly listen as Mary did? Do you make sure that you're in the Spirit on the Lord's day so that you can receive the word of God like John did? I believe that there's no difference between being in love with God and being in love with God's words. Because God's words are the manifestation of God. You can't be in love with God's words without being in love with God. And you truly can't be in love with God without being in love with God's words. If you just tolerate your Bible, you need to fall in love with God's word. If you have to force yourself to get into the Bible, then you need to make up your mind to fall in love with God's Word. 
If you know that you're saved, but you don't know that you're in love with God's word, there's nothing more important that could happen to you today than for you to decide to fall in love with the word of God. More than you need to quit some sin in your life, you need to fall in love with God, God's word. More than you need to uh, begin some new habit in your life, you need to decide to fall in love with God's word. More than you need to increase your service to the Lord, you need to decide to fall in love with God's word. If you will fall in love with the words of God, God will use his words as a tool to fix everything else in your life that ever needs to be fixed. Let me show you from the Bible this morning some of the things that will happen if you'll fall in love with the word of God. For one thing, when you fall in love with God's words, you'll think differently. Psalm 119 verse 97, that's our text verse this morning. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Meditation means you're thinking about it. If you're thinking about the words of God all day long, you are thinking differently than you used to think. The difference between success and failure in life is in how you think. Flawed thinking will lead to flawed living. Right thinking will lead to right living. Loving the words of God will empower you to make the switch from flawed thinking to godly thinking. Folks, our world is crumbling around us because of flawed thinking. You don't have to crumble with it. If you will let God transform your thinking, Romans 12, 1, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is the key to the renewing of your mind? God's words. I'm not a doctor. And I don't have the answer to mental illness. But listen, the doctors don't seem to have the answer to mental illness. So let me at least give you my opinion and you can weigh it. But I believe with all my heart, mental illness, for the most part, is not chemical. For the most part, it is the result of flawed thinking. You believe something that is not true. You choose to believe something that is not true. And then you begin to build upon that false belief. And then you build upon that false belief... And pretty soon you've got this whole system of thinking that is, I'm not using this in an immorality way, but your thinking is perverted, meaning it's twisted. You ever heard the logic of some of these people that do unthinkable things? You go, how does your thinking get so twisted? It's not chemical. Now, it may be, in, it may be chemically induced, but... Ultimately, it's because you bought into some lies. Somebody said something that wasn't true, and you believed it, and you fed on it, and then you fed that lie with other lies, and pretty soon, your thinking is so twisted. And that, you can disagree, I don't care, but you got to admit, even if, even if you think I'm wrong, they have not figured out what mental illness is all about because they surely haven't found any solutions. And I believe deeply that mental illness is simply believing lies and building your life upon lies and building lies upon lies upon lies until your mind is so twisted. And there's only one remedy for lies, and that's the truth. When you fall in love with God's word, 
Your thinking goes from flawed thinking to right thinking. When you fall in love with God's word, your life will have a constant purpose. Psalm 119, verse 113, I hate vain thoughts, but thy law do I love. The word vain means empty. Everything apart from God is ultimately empty. How many people have gained fame and fortune only to find out that it's all emptiness, vanity? Falling in love with God, with the word of God, will protect you from a life of emptiness. It'll fill your life with purpose. When you fall in love with God's words, your appetites will change. Psalm 40, verse 8, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Now, the only way you can delight to do God's will is if you have an appetite for God's will. If I say, hey, you want to do the will of God? (laughs) Nothing could be further from my desire. Okay, then you don't delight to do God's will. But if you want to delight to do God's will, the Bible says, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. When God's word is in your heart, when you love God's word, you will delight to do his will. That means your appetites have changed. You want to do the things that you ought to do. Our great enemy in trying to do right, folks, is our wanter. You come to church and you hear something and in your mind you go, that's absolutely right. Oh, that's true. That's true. I shouldn't be doing that or I need to be doing that. And then you get in that tough spot that you always get into. And even though you know what you want to do, what you should do, your wanter takes over. Because you know what's right, but your wanter says, yeah, but I I know I decided I didn't want to do this, but I really do want to do this. Well, look, when you fall in love with God's word, it changes your wanter. Sometimes it happens immediately. I know people, and you probably do too. They say, I got saved, and I started living for God, and all of a sudden, I just didn't want to drink anymore. Sometimes it happens immediately. Sometimes it happens gradually. But I'll tell you this. If you fall in love with the Word of God, your wanter will change. When you fall in love with God's words, you'll stay out of trouble. Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Those verses give us a clear description of the blessed man. Verse 1 tells us three things that the blessed man doesn't do. Verse 2 tells us the one thing that the blessed man does do. The one thing that the blessed man does do is that he loves the word of God. His delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And because he's in love with the word of God, that's why he doesn't walk in ungodly counsel. That's why he doesn't go where people go to sin. That's why he doesn't sit around criticizing and and tearing down people, the seed of the scornful, because he's in love with the word of God. When you fall in love with God's word, nothing will get you off track. Psalm 119 verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. The word offend there means to cause to stumble, to get off track, to get you off track. When you're in love with the word of God, nothing will get you off track. 
When I was 14 years old, a man helped me receive the assurance of my salvation. Just a few years after that, that man royally messed up his life morally. When I heard about it, though, I didn't get off track. Why? Because by the grace of God, I had fallen in love with God's word. And great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing will get them off track. Nothing shall offend them. From the time I was 18 years old till the time I was 26, God used a man to teach me the bus ministry and to teach me ministry leadership. When I was 26, that man left his wife for another woman. I traveled 2,000 miles with a friend of mine to find that man and try to talk some sense into him, trying to convince him to come back to his wife. He turned us down. Did that hurt? Yeah, it hurt deeply. Did it get me off track? By the grace of God, no, it didn't, because great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. When I was 18, I met a great Bible teacher and a preacher who had a powerful impact on my life for the next 27 years. Today, that man sits in federal prison for having an affair with a 17-year-old girl. Did that hurt? Yeah, it hurt deeply. Did it get me off track? Absolutely not. Why? Because by the grace of God, great peace have they which love thy law, nothing shall offend them. You say, Pastor, sounds like you've been hanging around some, some pretty bad dudes. No. I've hung around a lot of people. Three of them were made of the same stuff that you and I are made of, and they fell. By the way, you can fall too. And that's why we need to make sure that we're, our hearts are right, our hearts are humble. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. we got to make sure our hearts are humble, make sure our hearts are right, stay right with God. But let me tell you something. By the grace of God, I have hundreds of friends, hundreds of heroes, hundreds of mentors who have either died serving God or they are still living in the will of God. But let me tell you, if every one of them turned their back on God, I'd still have no excuse to stumble because great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. When you fall in love with God's words, you'll get through the hard times. Psalm 119 verse 92. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine afflictions. If anybody in the Bible knew about getting through the hard times, it was a man named Job. Listen to what Job said. As he was going through the hard times. I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. This may not make sense to you, but please try to take my word for it. When the word of God is in your mind and in your heart. And you go through the impossible times in your life. God's word will get you through. Say, Pastor, that doesn't make any sense to me. It won't make sense until you fall in love with the word of God. When you fall in love with God's words, you'll live a life of truthfulness. Psalm 119, verse 163. I hate and abhor lying, but thy law do I love. Live in a day of extreme deceit and lies. People lie to you in second and not even realize how obvious their lie was. And here's the sickest thing. They won't even feel bad when you, get, when, they, when you catch them. They just move on to another lie like they didn't even get caught in the last one. Make your head spin. 
Don't be content to be a weasel. Don't be content to be a liar. You lose your credibility. You lose your influence. You lose your relationship with God when you're okay with being a lying weasel. But the person who's in love with the word of God will live, according to this verse, a life of truthfulness. God's word in your heart will make you and keep you honest when you're in love with God's word. When you fall in love with God's words, you'll be armed to do battle against your own sinful nature. Listen to Romans 7 verse 22. I delight, Paul said, in the law of God after the inward man. Romans 7 gives a detailed description of the battle between the old nature and the new nature. And it even tells us Paul is giving us his own description of his own personal battle. Man, if Paul fought an intense battle of the old nature against the new nature, should we be surprised that we have to fight that same battle? It never ends. But if you're in love with God's words, you're armed to fight and win that battle. When you fall in love with God's words, you'll have the courage to stand for right. Nobody in the Bible stood for right more courageously than Jeremiah did. Jeremiah stood for the Lord against his peers, against other people that claimed to be preachers, against his own king whom he admired, and against his entire nation he stood for the Lord. And when the dust cleared and everything crumbled, Jeremiah was still standing. Listen to what Jeremiah said. Thy words were found and I did eat them and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. Being in love with God's word gives you the backbone to stand. Being in love with God's word, when you fall in love with God's words, you will live in God's blessing. Psalm 112, verse 1, Blessed is the man that feareth the Lord, that delighteth greatly in his commandments. I want to live in God's blessing. I don't want to do anything to forfeit living in God's blessing. God says when I'm in love with his word, I'm living in his blessings. So here's the question that may be obvious if you're not in love with God's word. And you don't have to admit out loud that you're not. But you do need to admit it to yourself. I sat in church. I very clearly remember being 12 years old and hearing people say, Oh, I love my Bible. And I clearly remember thinking, I don't mind my Bible. But how can you honestly say you love, how can you cry and say you love your Bible? And I wanted to know the answer because the fact is, I wanted to be able to say I love my Bible, but I couldn't honestly say that. So I'm telling you from personal experience how to fall in love with your Bible. It's not easy, but it is simple. That means it'll take some work, but it's not complicated. Listen carefully. Your heart is the place of emotion. Not your physical heart, but what the Bible calls your heart. It's the place of emotion. It's where you feel. It's where you love. Your head is the place of logic. That's where you decide what's right. So your head decides what's right, but your heart feels what you want to do. Now listen carefully. 
A conflicted person has the right thing in his head and the wrong thing in his heart. He's conflicted because he can sense that this is right, but he wants what's wrong, so he's conflicted. The wicked person has the wrong thing in his head and in his heart. He's decided that what's wrong is right, and that's what he wants to do, and he's just sold out to wickedness. But the godly person has the right thing in his head and the right thing in his heart. Now, by the way, if you say, well, pastor, i got to tell you, I'm in the conflicted department. We all are to some extent. But the goal is to move from conflicted to godly. The goal is to move from right thing in my head, wrong thing in my heart. I know the right thing, but I want to do the wrong thing. Our goal is to move as much as possible to I know the right thing and I enjoy doing the right thing. And that's really the battle of life. Jesus said, listen carefully, I'm still answering the question, how do you fall in love with God's word? Jesus said, Where your treasure is, there will what be also? Your heart. You will love whatever you invest your effort in. I'll tell you why, by the grace of God, I fell in love with the Word of God. Because I started reading it when I didn't love it. Because in my head, I knew it was right. I started studying it when I didn't love it, but in my head I decided that this is what was right. And this is probably the most important thing right here. I started memorizing it when I didn't love it. Because in my head I knew that it's what was right. I carried with me a Gideon's New Testament. I had seven lawn mowing jobs after school. I started with one when I was nine. By the time I was a senior, I had seven. And every day after school, I'd, uh, I'd get home and I'd go. I'd, I'd walk to one of these lawn mowing jobs. They were all within walking distance. And I'd cut the grass. My, my biggest score at that point was $25 for a lawn. I thought, man, I was, I was getting rich on that one. My cheapest was three. That was my... Bless her heart, little old lady next door neighbor that you couldn't ask for a raise because she was an old family friend, you know. So, but um, while I was cutting the grass, or later on, this time of year was the worst because this was raking leaves time, which I absolutely hate. And uh, but while I was working, I had that Gideon New Testament right here in my shirt pocket, and I'd pull it out, and it also had Psalms and Proverbs. And with, with the Lord's help, I memorized, not because anybody assigned it, but because I knew it was right. I wasn't in love with the Word of God, but I knew it was right. And so I memorized. I'm not a walking Bible. There's some people that have the whole Bible memorized. Not very many, but a few. <laughs> That's not me. There's some people that have the whole New Testament memorized. That's not me. There's some people that have a hundred chapters of the Bible memorized. That's not me. I don't know how many I have. It's not too many. I have pieces of several chapters memorized, and it helps me. It has helped me ever since. And by the way, I'm still working on it. But it was while I was cutting grass and raking leaves, I'd pull out that, that, uh, that New Testament, and I memorized Proverbs chapter 1, part of Proverbs chapter 2. 
I memorized a portion of Psalm 119. I memorized a portion of Hebrews 11. I memorized a portion of John chapter 1. I memorized Romans chapter 6 and Romans chapter 5 and a number of other Psalms and pieces of Scripture here and there. And that is the process that led me to love the Word of God. Why? Because I was invested in it. I was invested. Now, part of me, to be honest with you, is scared to death that absolutely nobody is going to get what I'm talking about this morning. But there's another part of me that says if one person will buy into what I'm selling this morning, it'll be worth it because your life will be transformed. Isn't it interesting with this whole concept of head, heart, and where your treasure is, there will your heart be also? That the most famous scripture memory Passage in the Bible, Psalm 119, verse 11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart. Why doesn't it say mind? Because when you put enough of it it into your mind, the place of logic, it'll get to your heart, the place of love. All right, I'm going to show you a trick. We'll be done. I cannot believe that I never thought about and thought of this until recently. How many of you have a smartphone? Okay, that's almost the whole crowd. I'm going to show you something that I can't believe I didn't think of until the other day because I'm always looking for a better way to do what I do. Check this out. Number one. Okay, because here, here is, next to having a New Testament in your pocket, here's the conventional way and the way I've always taught to memorize Scripture, three-by-five cards. You take the three-by-five card, you write out the verse, you write it out line by line according to how you're going to memorize it. For God so loved the world, line two, that he gave his only begotten son, line three. And that's how you memorize it, okay? The only problem for me was, number one, I've got this stack of cards in my pocket up here. That's not real convenient. It's not real convenient through the day. Number two, this is way too personal, but I sweat a lot. And by the end of the day, those cards are shot. So I I fought it, I used it, it's helped me, but it was not the best way. And the other day, a light went on. So I want to share it with you. You ready for this? Number one, on your phone, in the app store, I I think it's free, but it might cost you 99 cents. Get a Bible app. Okay? Get the Bible app, open it up to the verse you want to memorize. Go to the largest print that it'll give you. The, the, the kind that you don't need glasses to read it, okay? And go to the verse that you want to memorize. All right, Psalm 119, 97. Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. So I'm going to open up my Bible app, and I'm going to, I'm at Psalm 119, okay? I find it there, and I scroll down to verse number 97. There it is. Okay. And by the way, you're not talking to a techie here. You're, talking to, you're listening to somebody that's about as dumb as you are, okay? I'm not a southerner, but I'm dumb, Angela, okay? Um, all right. So, Psalm 119, verse 97. There it is. That's in the largest print that my Bible app will give me. All right? Are you ready for this, non-techie people? I, I learned this way after everybody else did. Screenshot. Okay? 
On my phone, this is how you screenshot. You push this button and this button at the same time. It just took a picture. Where does it show up now? It shows up in my photos. So in my photos here, my pictures, I've got a picture of Psalm 119.97. In my pictures, I can make a separate album of anything I want to make. So I make an album that says Psalm 119. Within that album, I can put those verses in order, and I can scroll through the verses that I'm trying to memorize. And whatever anybody, for all they know, I'm just scrolling through my pictures or going through Facebook or something. But I'm memorizing scripture. And there you are. You've got your memory. No more writing it down on index cards or carrying that. You already carry that scripture memory tool around with you. And I can't believe I didn't figure this out before today. But uh, I, I, before, before recently, I figured it out before today. But, um, and there you go. You want to memorize scripture, you open up, and I've been using it already, it's phenomenal. I look at the, the verse that I'm trying to memorize, and I want to review it. And you review the verses you've already learned by just scrolling through them. Take not the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for I have hoped in thy judgments. Verse 44, so shall I keep thy law continually forever and ever. Verse 45, and I will walk at liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I'm not just reading there, I'm, I'm reviewing. I'm trying to say it without looking, but if I'm not sure, I have to take a peek. And if I'm learning a new verse that I haven't learned before, where did it go? Wherever it is. Well, if I'm learning a new verse that I haven't learned before, I take it a piece at a time. Oh, how I love thy law. Oh, how I love thy law. Oh, how I love thy law. Brushing my teeth. Oh, how I love thy law. Combing my hair. Oh, how I love thy law. Doing whatever I have to do. And then when I got that down, oh, how I love thy law. I go to the next part of the verse. It is my meditation all the day. 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 And then when I think I've got them both down, I put them together. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Say, Pastor, really? I'm supposed to let that go through my head all day? Hey, it's better than, I wonder what they're saying about me. It's better than, oh, I'm, everybody else has everything and I have nothing. It's better than, oh, my life is so bad. <laughs> I'm saying it's not easy, but it is simple. You invest in the Word of God that way, and you will fall in love with the Word of God. And when you do, everything that I showed you from the Bible that happens when you fall in love with God will begin to be true of your life. It will transform your life. In case you ever thought that scripture memory was far removed, if you got a smartphone, which most of you testified that you do, it's not. It's right there. And, man, we figure out everything else. We figure out how to gamble online for crying out loud. What is that about? It, uh, really? I won $250. You out of your mind? But anyway, we figure out how to do everything else. If the word of God is important to you, you'll figure out how to do this. And you'll work at it, and you'll work at it, and it will change who you are. Oh, how love I thy law. Father, I pray that you'd help us to fall in love with your word.